Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's the weirdest thing. I feel like I've been in a coma for about 20 years and I'm just now waking up. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. I remember playing some of my best ball when it was freezing outside. Best what ball? Anything that involved the ball, I played it. Jeff Lutz. Again, you played your best ball by yourself? I I assume most people do. You never got your shot blocked playing by yourself. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's the ball. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday edition. The Bob and Jeff Show here on KFH Radio. It's Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz with you as your co-host, Max Power, producing, engineering the show, 869-1240, the IHOP hotline. And uh, here we are. Cardinals losing. Guardians losing. A typical uh, midsummer day. Yep. Late uh, summer day. Late summer, thankfully. Uh, we're going to get out of this dreadful season fairly soon. And well, that's wait, now, two days ago, you were having a good time. Well, it's not like summer. You know this. It's uh, yeah, baseball. But what about the team? They're bad. Uh, but they won yesterday. They're not out of it yet. They're t- down 2 nothing in the seventh here. <laughs> Probably out of the race. But what are you going to do? With I don't that know what bullpen? It... Bullpen? The bullpen? Minnesota's got a bullpen. Nah. Sonny Gray's still in. Well, he's it's not, to he'll him. be a Cardinal next year. Well, that's exciting. I can only hope. Right? I mean, I can only, it's a pipe dream. Uh, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, one, two, three, and the Cardinals rotate. Hey, stop doing that. That's why I hated John Moselak for saying we, we're going to get three pitchers because now, oh, we'll go get Koufax, Nolan Ryan, and Greg Maddox. And, Those aren't uh, Koufax. They're going to have to trade for at least one. They'll probably promote, but Miles Michaelis, he, he can't be a starter next year. He's terrible. And the Cardinals have all kinds of problems. Seems like they're not going to be able starters. to address in the off season, but that's a, that's that's another day. Uh, your team has a lot of problems. Certainly, the Royals have a lot of problems. I wouldn't say we have a lot of problems. No, you got a lot of. You, you can't fix your hitting. I would say you just can't hit. Mm, I would somewhat disagree with that. We'll Who see can how hit? I think Bo Naylor's got a bright future. Jose, I don't get Jose Ramirez. He goes into these long slumps. Josh Naylor's coming back soon. Kyle Manzardo will hit for us next year. We'll get a whole full year of Ramon Laureano. You talk about a pipe, <laughs> Ramon Laureano. I can't believe you're He'll buying into that homers. guy. 
He went 15 homers for us. I mean, who's buying in more, you or me? popped out to first. Uh, probably me. Yeah, because I don't see a very bright 2024 for the Cardinals either. Uh, I just don't see it. First of all, there's going to be a lot of teams vying for these starting pitchers. Of course. Uh, it's not just going to be the Cardinals who get to pick and choose. Secondly, who's going to want to come to a team in this kind of disarray, even if you do overpay, which the Cardinals never do. They never overpay. So it's, it's, it's going to take a wild swing in philosophy. They don't really have any pitchers at the high levels of the minor leagues. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a problem. Oh well, yeah, it is a problem, and it's and it's and it's it an angers ongoing me. problem. It angers me. Well, don't be angry. No, I am angry. Well, don't be angry. That's the only way this gets turned around is if the Cardinal fan base becomes angry. Well, how, what's that going to do? It's going to force them to make a move. Stop showing up. Stop going to Ballpark Village. Stop you know that'll going. never happen. Why won't it? Look at the attendance today. There's nobody in Bush Stadium. I mean, for a Cleveland crowd, that's almost standing room only. But uh, Our crowds have been fine this year. But for for our expectations, we expect better. Why are you lashing out? Stop lashing out just because you I don't like in. Cleveland. Well, you don't have to like Cleveland. No one asks you to. I don't like anybody uh, mm. right now. I'm in a sour mood. It's depressing. Why do I watch this? You're keeping track of your team. Like I don't know why. There's something there. You know you're not going to score. It's almost football season. Our, our fantasy draft is tomorrow. Uh, we can take our minds off this and get out to side pockets, enjoy some camaraderie. You think so? Uh, I hope I get the first pick. I, I can't wait. I know, I know exactly. I've got a strategy. You do? Well, yeah. guess what? That's going to fall apart. You shouldn't have a strategy going in. You should take your, the best player available and build a team. I always have a strategy, and What's I'm always strategy? in the playoffs. Just tell us. No one is going to. No, I'm not going to. No tell one's going to steal your strategy. I'm not telling you my strategy. It's a, it's a guaranteed to work. I don't know about that. Well, I hope it will. I, uh, I just wanted to mention. This is nothing really, but I talked to uh, Tom Beeson today, the coach at Goddard. Love Tom Beeson. Writing a, a story uh, about Goddard for our, our website on Friday when the season opens. Tom Beeson's awesome. One of the best interviews I've ever done with a, with a coach. There was no coach speak. Guy was being honest. Guy was telling the truth, being real. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved the interview. Did he mention that he does some uh, volunteer work for League 42? I didn't know. That did not come up. I didn't, well, wouldn't that have been a good thing to put in there? If what you're does he do? About Tom Beeson? I'm not writing about Tom Beeson. I'm writing about Goddard football. Well, I mean, that would have been a great be the, thing to, to ask about. He happens to be the coach. Would have been a wonderful thing to mention. And we're happy for him. Yeah, I love Tom. He's and a Goddard, good guy. Hey, well, he's awesome. And Goddard should be pretty good this year. How many of these stories are you writing? I'll probably do one a week. We'll see about next week when I'm traveling if I can get. So you're really involved in this high school coach? Well, I have to be. What do you mean you have well, to? Well, they asked me to be, so, you know, I want to I want to give them what I can give them. I don't, want, I don't just want to. You know. Are you going to be there on Friday nights? Yes. Including this Friday night? Not this Friday night. And not the next Friday night. But you're going to be there on Friday nights, even though you're missing two of the first eight. Well, two uh, of the first two, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then there'll, something else will come up. You know, when you devote yourself to something, you got to be there. Oh. 
you know, I, I devoted myself to spending a lot of money to go to New York, and I'm going to do that. And they, and they get it. Well, they I hope it. they do. Yeah. I wouldn't get it. I'm going to still be As an available. Employer, what I'd say is, are you in, are you in or you out? I'm going to still be available Friday as much as I can to, to help gather some stats and take scores and from the road. i got a hot spot in the car. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Well, we'll see how fine it is. And I'm writing stories, so that's good, too. Oh, good. I, where do we find these stories? Catch at Kansas, kwch.com. All right. It's online. They'll be there Friday. Why'd you pick Goddard to write about? Because they went from 0-9 and to 5-4, and 4 and they've got a lot of returners, and I feel like they can be pretty good, and we'll see. Well, we'll see what the Lions uh, come Lost up with. Lost a lot of close games last year. and uh, Speaking of high school football, we'll weigh in on that today, part of what's on tap. 225 Don Williams from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal as we continue with our Big 12 football previews. I thought Don Williams was, a, was on Tulsa time. At 245, Brandon Clark, the head football coach at Derby, will join the show. let that go. Mike Furches will be our guest at uh, the top of hour number two as we go with Top 10 uh, Wednesday. And then tomorrow we'll preview KU with John Kirby and uh, Friday K-State with Tim Fitzgerald. And that will bring us to the end of 14 Big 12 football previews that you could only get here. That's sure a lot. On the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. You didn't. You just let my reference. I didn't hear what you said, honestly. You said Don Williams from Lubbock, and I said I thought Don Williams was on Tulsa time. Not funny. Hilarious. No, not it. It doesn't draw any any <laughs> yes, reaction. If no. you said it, you'd be so proud. No, I wouldn't say something of corny course you like would. that. I don't go for the obvious. I'm a guy. Was that it looks, obvious? I'm a guy that looks for. Off the off the beaten path, Hugh. No, you don't. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I improvise. I like the obvious. I mean, that, that was terrible. There was nothing funny about that. Of course, it's hilarious. It's just, no, it's not hilarious. You think Don Williams has ever heard that before? Hey, Don, are you on Tulsa time? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, and you, and you know what he ought to do? Break a beer pitcher over their head when they say it. That's what I'd do. Well, bring now, it. Now that Don. would be a reaction. Don Williams is a talented performer and, and good artist. I love Don Williams uh, back in the day. I uh, heard him all the time. I had a friend who just adored Don Williams. And so whenever we were riding around, I'd hear a bunch of Don Williams. Who was that friend? Uh, you don't need to know. Okay. Well, I guess I don't. You don't need to know. Well, I'm sure that makes that friend uh, feel good. Hey, who's well, who was it? Nah, it doesn't well, matter. was my friend John Parsons. Okay. Who, uh, whenever we got in his Jeep, we'd hear some Don Williams. Don Williams, again, very talented. And I got to where I really like Don Williams. Hard but, not to. But this isn't that Don William, Williams. Different guy. This is a guy who's been covering Texas Tech. We'll ask him, but my gosh, it has to have been more than 30 years uh, for the same newspaper who survived in this industry. I'm going to ask him about that. That, to me, is impressive. And then, of course, uh, Brandon Clark, Derby expected to be really good, although in the preseason rankings, down a little bit. Yeah, we're not sure what, what Derby's going to bring. They lost, uh, obviously. You're, uh, you know what? You, know, you want me to clear that up for you about what Derby's going to bring? Yeah. A lot. Mm, we'll see. Oh, really? You're taking a will. Now that you've got some. I'm not uh, saying they're going to be bad, but you were looking at maybe three losses for that club this year. Oh, we are. Maybe. Huh? They got Manhattan. They got Carroll. 
Uh, and, you know, if they don't win win at all, that's could be three losses for Derby. Again, not that that's bad. You know the last time Derby lost three games in a season? Last year, I think. I don't think so. I think they were 8-3 and three last year. Really? I think so. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we're reloading. Were two of those losses to Manhattan? Yeah, one of them was. Well, all I know is when we talk about football at Derby, we win. Derby was 9-3, and three, made it to the semis. We'll do better this year. Who'd they lose to? Manhattan? They lost to Manhattan in Mays. overtime. Mays. And then Manhattan again. Well, twice to Manhattan. By, by uh, Their three losses were by a total of uh, nine points. Exactly. We'll see. I love it now that you haven't seen a high school football game in probably 20 years. I'm one of the experts. And you're going you're gonna to try to tell us uh, what what's going on in high school. I, I'm not going to listen to it. Derby opens with Manhattan, then Salina South, which is an easy victory. Carroll, Hutch, uh, Hutch is down Hutch is a little dangerous. bit. Campus. Oh, yeah. Hutch is down a Hutch little bit. Hutch is down a little bit. Mays is down a little bit, but watch out for Mays. I think they still got some stuff. May South, we'll see. New, so yeah, they're one, two loss in the regular season at the most, but we'll see. Well, we'll see. You don't, again, I'm not going to rely on you as my oh, high I've, school I've football insider. Our high school football insider is Joanna Chadwick. And you know what? She had to beg me for some numbers the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Be- she begged you she for said, numbers. She said, please, when you get that, send it over. And, you know, I'm nice enough to a competitor that I did that. How many times has Joanna Chadwick bailed you out over the years? Yeah, it's Countless. Been, maybe. 40? For what? 50 times. Ba- bailed me out how? Bailed you out and telling you what what you need to watch for, things like that, how to cover a game. Uh, I don't know. You know, lots of stuff. Joanna's awesome. Just, just, a, just a ton of stuff. 869-1240, we would love to hear from you. We did have a call from Robert. Uh, earlier in the week, yes, a uh, long time that we he- hadn't heard from him. Uh, we usually hear from KU Pat before the KU football season begins. That has still not happened. We haven't heard from Jim 35 in forever. We haven't heard from K-State Dave either. Nor K-State Dave. I like K-State Dave. Um, I, know you, I know you rolled your eyes K-State at K-State Dave. K-State Dave's Dave. fine. I don't have a problem with K-State Dave. I like uh, Nick from Chicago as well. Well, he doesn't have. These are people we enjoy hearing from. I'm, ba- I get a little bit apprehensive when it comes to Jim 35. What about Baylor Bill? And when we don't hear from Jim, it it causes some concern. Well, he's around. I'm not. We're not worried. Well, listen, Jim, if you're out there, give us a call. That's all I ask. We got Iowa State Isaac. We who can call? I'm not in any mood for bad humor. Why are you not in the mood for bad humor? I'm, I'm just not. It's just not funny. BYU, Brian. I've been around funny people my entire life. And and you sitting over there and giggling at your your own it's ridiculous. Good stuff. It's not funny. I don't know how someone can just be listening right now and not be like, this is a little, not like, ha, 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 but BYU, Brian, that's kind of. No, they're, they're turning the dial. No, there's no way. They're, they're turning the dial to something that if that's something more meaningful. Uh, if you're not going to be funny, seriously funny, then don't bother. No, all right. That's all I ask. Put your best effort out there. Just tell that to Houston Herald when he calls. Dumb. <laughs> no, really, Jeff.
I can't be more serious. It's dumb. You're, are you being serious right now? I That's am, crazy. because what, the stuff you put out there is dumb. I'm so sorry for that. Try harder. I didn't. I didn't mean it. Here's uh, Shannon on the phone, who's going to be playing fantasy football with us, uh, coming up tomorrow night. Hey, Shannon. Hey, I got. I got a couple things. One. No, for, before did, we get did, there, did you giggle at uh, any of this nonsense Jeff just put out? I just got on. I was in. Yeah, I didn't get to hear it, but I. I'm on uh, Jeff's side just to cause problems. Thank you. Um, no problems. There you go. But he's probably wrong. He's probably wrong. But anyway. Um, so, question. How did Jeff get the first pick? That's a fix. What's that all about? Did I get the first pick? That's already been yeah, determined? I looked, I looked at it, yeah. Under, like, underneath my team name, it says fourth pick. I'm, I'm fourth pick. I believe, Bob, you well, are. Usually we do I, a draw. Usually yeah, we be, draw for that. We'll be drawn for that. That's well, not set in stone. But I would like the first well, that's pick. What it, now, we, we, part that's of the what fun it, is okay. to draw for that. Okay, well, I didn't know because it said he was the first pick, and it said I was the fourth pick, so I thought he'd already figured it out. But now, if, if right. Virgil Virgil would never do that to us because that's one of the fun parts of the whole draft. And then also, this is my first time ever being in a fantasy league, so I was hoping to maybe ask some questions like what you guys think I should do. Like, should I – I know kickers oh, score be a fun. lot of points. Pick mostly should I try Raiders. to get a kicker? <laughs> Should I get a kicker first? Yeah, get a kicker and, early. Okay. Okay. Get and then a kicker early because those go fast. And try to get three or they, four quarterbacks. They score a lot That's of points. That's what Jeff did. To, okay. Okay. Um, and then if, if I most think receivers, I'm trying to. You hustling us? Yeah, gonna, yeah I think Shannon's. I, yeah, hustling I am. Us. I am because I, I, I'm, I'm here to win this league. I'm not here to play I around. I'm here to win. I'm here to win. <laughs> You got a lot of veteran people in this league, a lot of guys who <laughs> eat, sleep, and breathe football, uh, who know it like the back of their hands. And, and then, then you got you and Jeff. And then Bob's in the league, too. <laughs> yeah, I beat you to that even. Um, well, I just appreciate you guys letting me be in. It's going to be a lot of fun. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you. All right. See you. Later. There's uh, Shannon talking some fantasy football, and that happens for us. Uh, tomorrow night out at Side Pockets. We look forward to it. We sure do. Oh, boy. Wilson Contreras, becoming my favorite Cardinal, beats out a leadoff double. I like the kid. Yeah. I like, oh, now he's hurt. You know, we might as well just fold it up. How'd he get hurt? Oh, he jammed his hand sliding in the second. That's good. As so many people do with this head-first slide that's now fashionable. Did you uh, see my Twitter post today? I wanted to get your reaction. Uh, see if there is any. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, here's what I said. In, uh, 2000, in 2003, there were 40 players who hit 300 or higher in Major League Baseball. This year, there are nine in, at, at this stage of the season with a month to go. In 2020, uh, 03, 53 players had an OPS of at least 850. This year there are 16. What does that mean? It means that uh, it's much harder to hit. Why? Pitching. Really? You think that's what this means? Yes, absolutely. I we, think that's we certainly what this had means. more Hall of Fame caliber pitchers pitching in 2003 than we do now. 
Okay, but uh, you also didn't have anonymous guys like uh, who came in for the Twins today, Caleb Thielbar, uh, Griffin He's not Jacks. anonymous. Um, they're, they're pretty anonymous in the history of the game. Uh, and come in throwing 97. And, yeah, there's a lot of good. Oh, you had a lot of that. No, you didn't. 2003. Okay, give me a, any team in 2003. I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying it's remarkable uh, how the art of hitting has diminished. It hasn't diminished. No, People still want to hit. It has. Oh, you can't deny the numbers. Well, the numbers uh, speak speak the truth, and it's uh, alarming to me. And that was also you're still kind of in the steroid era there in 2003. Not really. Yeah, Barry Bonds was ungodly in 2003, or one of those years after he hit the 73 home runs where he walked like 262 times. That's one player. Okay, but that drives up the. I don't know. It's it's pretty alarming to me. We'll take a break, come back, talk Texas Tech football with Don Williams, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. As our Big 12 football previews continue, full slate of college football games on tap this weekend. Back in a minute. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Time for Something Sweet, the musical theme of the show this week, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. Knew we would hear that one. Don Williams with us from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. We're going to talk some Texas Tech football. Uh, Don, before we get to that, welcome. And how long have you now been with uh, the newspaper in Lubbock? And, uh, man, kudos to you for surviving 
as long as you have, by the way. Yeah, fortunate in this industry. I've been at the Avalanche Journal here for recently past 35 years. So I started in May of 1988, and before and I went to Texas Tech. So before that, I worked on the campus newspaper, then called the University Daily. So I've been covering Texas Tech football in some form or fashion since 1986. Wow, good stuff. So big expectations for Texas Tech this year, and a coach who's suddenly one of the hot coaches in the country, and Joey McGuire. A lot of people talking about him, impressed by him. What is it about Joey McGuire that's caught the attention of so many? A couple of things. I would say first and foremost, one is just sort of his rare energy and personality, which sounds almost cliche, but um, there's, I mean, he is noticeably uh, uh, just a really seems like more, of a uh, boisterous, energetic guy than than a lot of college football coaches. Uh, he's he's a never meet a stranger type. I mean, Tech fans just absolutely love him because they'll talk about uh, you know how much he's out in the community, and uh, if you approach him and want to uh, chat with him for a minute, you want to get a selfie picture with him. Uh, he is always, uh, he's always happy and smiling and, and pumping your hand, you know, handshaking and back slaps and all that sort of thing. Extremely approachable guy. Uh, and so in that way, uh, people here really, uh, really love him, feel like he is one of them. Uh, so they are, uh, very much behind him. And then more in a more tangible way as it pertains to football, that uh, energy and enthusiasm and personality has played really well on the recruiting trail because uh, he's really, uh, when he hit the ground running, he hit the ground running and has really recruited at a high level ever since he started here, which Tech hired him in November of 2021. So what is that, about 20 months ago, or 21 months ago, and uh, almost immediately he's upgraded uh, recruiting to a higher level than it's been probably in about a decade. And I haven't looked recently, but um, I know back in the spring when they got, you know, a whole bunch of their commitments for the current class, they were in the ranked by, you know, the rivals and the 24-7s, kind of in the 22, 20-25 range, which, uh, again, that's uh, that's much higher, considerably higher than they were in the last several years uh, with Cliff Kingsbury's and Matt Wells' recruiting efforts. So how much uh, better can it get? Because you know eight and win- eight wins and a and a uh, winning record in the Big Twelve over the last couple of decades or so. That's kind of a, the high water mark. Uh, they won a bowl game, uh, but we're talking about a school that's never played in the Big Twelve championship. Um, you know they also swept Texas and Oklahoma last year. Obviously with all the returning starters, all of them on offense, uh, it seems like it could get better, but. Uh, what do you expect uh, as far as that goes? How much better can they be? 
Well, I think they can be better. I mean, I think uh, if everything were to break right for them, and and by that I mean, you know, very few, few little to no injuries, uh, you get the breaks in close games, that sort of thing. I think they're capable of being a 10-win team this year. I'm not predicting that. I uh, kind of did a game-by-game game a week or so ago and uh, projected them um, to finish 9-3 and three in the regular season. I do think it's important that they seize the moment uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that from a schedule standpoint, uh, Texas Tech doesn't play Oklahoma this year in the, you know, the new Big 12. They also don't play Oklahoma State. And although Oklahoma State maybe is not expected to be as good as most Mike Gundy teams are, they're still a Mike Gundy team. So, uh, you know, it, it won't surprise me if Oklahoma State does well. And uh, so if you don't, you know, don't go, don't have to go to play in places like Stillwater or Norman. That's a, uh, benefit for Texas Tech this year. But then also just in terms of your personnel, Texas Tech's personnel, it's a very really old team. You know, you have uh, on offense, uh, Tyler Shuck starting at quarterback. This is his sixth year in college football. Um, uh, I was just looking here at the starters four seniors starting on the offensive line. One of those is a sixth-year senior. Another one of those is a seventh-year senior. And Cole Spencer, one of their offensive guards, have a couple of uh, really three seniors at receiver, a senior running back. And that's not, and that's not even as many seniors as they have on defense because, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, – one of the key developments for them in the offseason – you know, in and around the time of the bowl game is that they had five seniors starting on defense who had that COVID bonus year option. And five of those guys opted to stay, to come back and play for Texas Tech. You're talking, you know, two starting defensive tackles, Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings, who have been key guys for them up front for their entire careers, basically. Um, both of their starting cornerbacks, Rashad Williams and Malik Dunlap, same thing. They were guys who kind of looked at their NFL draft prospects, just didn't get a high enough uh, evaluation, decided to stay. And uh, then they're starting free safety, Adrian Taylor Demerson, another guy, been a key player ever since he was a freshman. He opted back in on the COVID bonus year. And so, like I said, just all across the board, this is a this is a team that has 22, 23, 24 year old players who have played a ton of college football. And as I say, so I think it's it's key that they kind of seize the moment now because at this time next year we're going to be talking about how Man Texas Tech has to replace a ton of experience and has like going to have a lot of freshmen and sophomores and uh, untested juniors stepping into those roles. Don Williams, our guest, covers Texas Tech for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal just a few short years ago. Uh, Those of us who live in Kansas and certainly those of us who live in West Texas, those of you who live in West Texas, were concerned about 
the future of the Big 12 with all the realignment rumors and talk, what was going to happen. Uh, well, I can't imagine uh, it could have landed on their feet any better. And, in fact, Texas Tech has some new regional partners. I never, never thought I'd say that in Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Not terrible travel for Texas Tech, right, Don? No, you know, not terrible. Certainly not like uh, they're not looking at the travel that UCLA and USC are g- are going to be going to have, and Washington and Oregon. You know, it's it's interesting how this thing is kind of completely flipped on its head. I went back uh, a couple of weeks ago and wrote a piece uh, talking to a lot of the principals involved about in June of 2010. Larry Pac-12 then like Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott. And a delegation from the, I said Pac-12, I think Pac-10, and a delegation from the Pac-10 came to Lubbock and and uh, uh, Oklahoma and Stillwater, and then on to Austin, and and really talked talk to all the university leaders at those places about joining the Pac-10 and making the Pac-10 the first super conference, along with uh, uh, Colorado and even Texas A&M. Turning it into a Pac-16, which sounded, uh, you know, kind of crazy at the time, and ultimately, it all fell apart. Texas Tech was completely on board with it, but it all fell apart because the Pac-10 wanted to start its own network, and Texas refused to give up the Longhorn network. And according to the people who were in the room, uh, they said that was a total deal breaker because. Uh, uh, the, the entire thing was contingent on Texas being part of that block of teams going to the Pac-10, and so when Texas uh, Texas uh, chose to retain the Longhorn Network and not go to the Pac-10, then the deal was off the table for everybody. And uh, you know, you think about how would how would uh, how would things have changed just here in the last couple of years. Had it all went down, then then we would probably be talking about, like I say, the reverse. Uh, you know, you'd maybe still have a Pac-16, um, and some of the schools like, uh, you know, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas might have been the ones left twisting in the wind, kind of the way uh, Washington State and Oregon State are now. Yeah, crazy stuff. One more question for Jeff. So, you know, we talked about the schedule and maybe picking them at nine and three. Um, is there a scenario where they go into the K-State game uh, at six and zero? Uh, that would have to be beating Oregon and Baylor. Uh, I don't know how realistic that is, but is that something that's that's on the table for you? Uh, I think it's conceivable, but I would agree with you. I, I don't know how realistic it is because I think uh, – you know, Oregon's really talented football team. Clearly, um, that's even playing at night in playing at night in Jones Stadium. Uh, you know, with a rowdy atmosphere, gives Texas Tech a chance. I mean, that game's already sold out, has been sold out for a while. Um, I, in my game by game, I, I did not pick Texas Tech to win that game though. Uh, and you know, then you got a couple of tough. You know, really, you have uh, well, one, two, three tough road trips before K-State uh, going to Wyoming to open the season this Saturday, going to West Virginia on September 23rd and going to Baylor on October the 7th. Um, 
I know West Virginia's picked last in the conference in the Big 12 preseason media poll, but I kind of uh, agree with Neil Brown. I think the Mountaineers are, should uh, should engender a little bit more respect than that. That never really seems to be an easy trip. And the uh, last couple of times that Tech has played Baylor and Waco, uh, Tech's lost uh, close games both times. And so, well, there, there's none of those first six and say there's no way Tech can beat the other team. I don't, I don't expect them to be 6-0 uh, when Kansas State comes here in mid-October. Don Williams has been our guest covering uh, Texas Tech football for a long time. The Red Raiders open at Wyoming with a high-powered offense again, which always seems to be the case. What's your theory, before we let you go, what's your theory on why, no matter who's coaching, no, almost no matter who's quarterbacking, uh, these guys roll it up offensively. Why do you think that is? You're talking about Texas Tech, obviously? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you are talking Wyoming or Texas Tech. Neither was I, really, but I, I think I'm talking uh, about Texas Tech. Why Texas Tech is always able to have success no matter who's the quarterback. Uh, I, I think just because it's, been, it's so culturally ingrained, not only here at Texas Tech, but just in the state of Texas with uh, – Seven on seven, uh, you know, passing, pro, uh, passing, passing programs and seven on seven state tournaments. Uh, the number of college-ready quarterbacks coming out of this state has just exploded in the last twenty-five years or so. And of course, Mike Leach was kind of on the front end of that. Uh, you know, he came to came into Texas Tech at a time when. You know, this was very much a traditional uh, eye formation, veer formation, before that wishbone formation, running uh, approach that uh, high schools and college teams used. And, uh, you know, throwing the ball around, uh, throwing 60 passes a game was really frowned on. You know, tough teams didn't do that. And uh, there's a lot of resistance to Mike Leach in his very first first and second year here when it didn't immediately take off. But, of course, then it took off, and it took off in a big way. And then you had just uh, just a huge number of proponents of, uh, you know, passing offense, so much so that, uh, you know, Texas Tech and Mike Leach have a really big coaching tree around the nation. I mean, I was just looking a moment ago uh, at a story on, you know, Garrett Riley, Young man is a Texas Tech walk-on from Muleshoe, Texas, just like Lincoln Riley. They came to Texas Tech as walk-ons, and and you know now Garrett's gone to uh, Clemson to try to get the Clemson quarterback situation ironed out. Uh, last week we watched, uh, what, you know, one of the openers last week was La Tech, and La Tech coached by Sonny Cumbie <laughs> again, a former walk-on quarterback from a West Texas high school, Snyder, about 90 miles down the road from Lubbock. Division one head coach, and you know the examples. You can just go on and on and on with you know Lincoln Riley out at Southern Cal, and um, you know a number of a number of others who have come off that Mike Leach coaching tree. And, and you know again, just to kind of circle back around to your original question, it's because you've that's just become uh, passing offense has gone from uh, being something you did only when you were forced to on third and eight to uh, something that you uh, 
you, you do it over and over and over. And like I say, it's just create a generation of uh, passing gurus, great quarterbacks uh, in this state, coming out of the state. Don, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and good luck covering the Red Raiders this year. Hey, I appreciate it, Bob and Jeff. Uh, uh, always uh, enjoy visiting with you, and thanks for the invitation. All right, take thank care. You. Don Williams from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Brandon Clark joins us, Derby High School football coach. They've had a bunch of sweet seasons. How's, how's that for That's pretty good, Brandon. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Bob? Well, we're curious what you think you, you got this year. We always know you're going to be good. It's really a matter of what level of good. Uh, last year, 9-3, and three, lost in the semifinals of the playoffs in Class 6A to Manhattan, although another whale of a game. Uh, so just kind of take us inside. What are, your, what are your expectations? You got a lot of players you're trying to replace, but that's really never been an issue for Derby. Oh, yeah. Anymore, we don't have to really set the expectations. The kids kids know what they are, and they, they kind of set them during the summer. But, uh, you know, with the team that we have, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of newcomers that, that people don't know of, but we've known them since, since the second grade. So, um, you know, we may not have the varsity experience coming back, but we usually don't. Um, but we have some, some good kids going in the holes. Obviously, we lost uh, Dylan last year, but we probably had the best uh, – we, we, we did have the best – backup running back in the state last year with Derek Hubbard and he's going to step in at, at the running back position but we have a lot of new holes so it may be a little shaky at first but I think these kids if we can stay healthy we'll figure it out I was going to ask you about expectations of of kids you know because like like my dad just said Derby's going to be good and that's kind of the expectation everywhere no matter who's who's on the team who's coming back uh, and I was going to ask you about how kids who maybe haven't experienced the real the full Derby experience uh, of being starters and and playing in state championship games like that how they would handle that but you said they they welcome that is that pretty much the case yeah, there's a lot of kids that know they they're probably not going to play till their senior year. If they're lucky, their junior year, and if they're really good, their sophomore year. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean they they've known the system and they've just been buying the time. And you know our kids enjoy playing the JV games, playing the freshman games, and, and just really earn that spot. And, you know we got twos here that um, I, I think we we've got some depth to this year to the team. So you know if we do have some injuries, which every football team does, we got some kids that are. Um, doing really well with the with the second team, so that's that's kind of been a big thing with us this year. Is uh, last year we got we got very injured last year at the end of the season, and we felt like we as coaches didn't prepare our twos enough. So we switched around practice schedule, so so our twos just aren't running scout team the whole time, and they're doing team with the um, with the scout cards and all that stuff and and learning. So so if they do get called in the middle of the game, they're ready to go. Derby football coach Brandon Clark, our guest. The Panthers open at Manhattan coming up uh, this Friday night. Uh, of course, as I said in the introducing, Brandon, Manhattan with two wins over Derby last year. Does that have any significance, or has that page been turned? How do you think your kids feel about it? I don't know. That first game was up for grabs. Um, we, uh, you know, we we missed a field goal at the end. We missed an extra point so they could tie it. Um, and I mean, there, there's both games. You, you could go to one play and, and there are multiple plays. Um, you go to one play that changed the outcome of the game. So, I mean, we were that close in, in both those games. And, and honestly, I, I didn't think, 
I think we did, had a lot of, you know, the, the loss was, was more our fault than, than, than Manhattan's fault. Uh, you know, that last game that we had, I think we had about 820 penalties on us. And, uh, um, it was just we, we just killed ourselves. We killed our momentum. There was times we were watching film. There was times we were at, you know, first down and forty, and uh, or second down and thirty-five. So you can't win a state semifinal game when you do that to yourself. By the way, eight hundred twenty penalties, a state record. Yes, yeah. and we said it that game. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. So you know you play the exact same schedule last year, but obviously those. Uh, three of those first four games with Manhattan, Carroll, and Hutchinson. Uh, how how valuable uh, is that uh, first half of the season and getting that those kind of challenges? Oh, they're really valuable. Um, you know, I've always been. You know, you, you want to play good competition. So once you get into the playoffs, you know you've seen it, and your kids have had some adversity. You figured out what your weaknesses are, and you can you can work on them. But uh, at the same time, you also want to stay healthy. And, you know, when you when you play Manhattan, when you play Hutch, when you play Carroll, you're going to get banged up. Those are big hit teams with big old boys. So, uh, you know, we want to stay healthy. And we're, we're doing better as a, as a coaching staff with, you know, limiting the, the hitting in practice and, and making sure the kids aren't exhausted and broken down and make sure they're eating and drinking and, and doing all that stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, the experience is awesome, but we want to stay healthy also at the beginning of the season. Talking Derby High School football with our head coach, Brandon Clark. They've got a guy named Braxton Clark at quarterback. I think you know him pretty well. That's your son. So tell us uh, the development process for Braxton to get to this point now as a senior in your program uh, to be the guy that's uh, taking the snaps. How long have you seen well, that coming, and what's that been like? Well, he's been waiting his time, you know. I mean, he is coach's son. He probably knows the playbook better than, you know, half our coaches and, uh, um, you know, any quarterback that I've ever coached. And he gets extra coaching, like, last two evenings after practice that we filmed. We sat down and we had it, you know, we were able to sit sit downstairs and put it on the big screen and talk about it and ask what his thoughts were. And he would get my thoughts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, my expectations on him with the football player is uh, – you know, he, he should know the offense, and, and he's grown a lot. Last year, um, he went into the Manhattan game. Brock Zerger got hurt against Washburn Rural. He finished out Washburn Rural game and played well. And then uh, then he went to the Manhattan game. Second second quarter, he was doing really well, threw the ball really well, ran the ball really well. Second quarter, he broke his hip. Um, so we kind of had a setback there. But uh, I, I think as well as he played against Manhattan in the, the first two quarters, I think that gave him a lot of confidence for the offseason. He grew a couple of inches, gained about 30 pounds, and uh, was a lot faster and stronger. So I'm, I'm really excited wow. as a coach and also a dad. When do you typically kind of start to notice? Because, you know, you talked about uh, a lot of players only getting to play once once their senior year comes comes around. When do you usually start to notice that uh, guys can be contributors at that level, uh, you know, when they get to their senior years? Is that Does that usually come pretty early that, you know, they'll develop into that? Or, or how does that whole process work? It does. I mean, you've got to love the game to, to really want to be a good football player. And, and you find those kids out early. And that, that, that that's all about accountability and dedication to the team and being selfless. Uh, you know, our freshman year um, or our freshman teams usually have anywhere from 45 to 65 players. And by the time uh, their sophomore year comes around and we've, we've told those freshmen, 
after the first semester, they have to start coming to zero hour. They have to show up to school every day at 630 and lift and, and do a little extra. We, we figure out the kids that, that really want it. And then by then, it's just, uh, you know, how, how hard do they work in the offseason? How much do they uh, – want to learn the offense, want to learn the defense, contribute on special teams before they become a starter. And uh, um, it, it's it's pretty easy to see. But then we have our surprises, too. We have kids that were like, man, we never thought his freshman year he was going to be able to, to become a starter. And uh, we always have those surprises. Final moments here with Brandon Clark. I'm going to ask you a question about, uh, about running backs. You had one of the best that's ever played in Kansas last year in Dylan Edwards. I, w- I want to know what your ex- expectations are from him uh, at Colorado. And then the guy replacing him, Derek Hubbard, you know, everybody's talking about, well, they don't have Dylan Edwards. And I'm not going to say Derek Hubbard is as good as Dylan Edwards, but he's going to fill a lot of that hole, isn't he? Oh, yeah. And, and Derek's a student of the game. He he understands. He knows our offense. He's been working with Braxton for, you know, all the way through middle school and, and high school. So they've got a great chemistry together. I mean, he's popped off a laser 4-4 time. And, uh, um, you know, if he makes a mistake, you correct it. And you never have to correct it again. I mean, he's a great kid. He's strong. He's fast. And, and as for uh, Dylan Edwards, um, I, I think he's going to excel really quickly there. Um, obviously, he's one of the faster guys on the team. It's just getting to know the, the offense. But I think everybody on the team has to get to know the offense there. And uh, I've been talking to Dylan every, every once in a while, and he said he's – He's one of the guys at, at practice that gives it 100% no matter what, kind of like he was in Derby, and he said that's kind of long ways, and he thinks that's, that's going to help him get on the field. Good stuff as always, Brandon. We'll uh, catch up with you soon, and best of luck. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Jeff. We'll see you. Thanks. All right. Brandon Clark, head coach, Derby High School. Back in a minute, you are listening to the Bob and Jeff Show, Top 10 Wednesday coming up. Mike Furches will be with us next. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.